Welcome to the Bayou City Soccer Podcast. Whether inside or outside the loop, we are talking everything soccer in Houston. Y'all ready? Let's get it. Houston, welcome to Bayou City Soccer. My name is Rudy Segura, and I'm joined by Cristian Putalias. What's good, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back. And Rodrigo Segura. What's up, bro? How you doing? What's going on? Doing well. How's everybody doing? Man, soccer has been keeping us pretty busy. Uh, every you know team has been uh, playing pretty much on a weekly basis. Uh, but before we get started, man, just you know, how are you guys doing, Christian? How are you doing so far, man? Good, good. I mean, uh, today today was very uh, very busy for me on the on the Twitter sphere. Uh, I was you know I was out there you know burning my fingers off, but I think I think it was a good it was a good day overall. Um, good discussions. I think people. The fans are talking about the Dynamo. I think I, I like I like that the people are interested and the people are talking and stuff like that. No matter you know the perspectives that we have on, but me personally, I've been I've been doing pretty good. Can't lie, can't complain honestly. Man, it seems like a lot of wasted time on your behalf, Rodrigo. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, just chilling over here in Dallas, counting the days until we get to go back to Houston, um, catch some games over there, and spend some more time with y'all. Um, and then I just see that uh, Christian over there, man, with the Turkish League support. I know you guys can see it, but, you know, this guy, I guess he's a uh, Traps. How do, how do you even pronounce the name? Trabzonspor, whatever <laughs> club? That one. I don't know. My Turkish is not the best. Yeah. But nice shirt. Jersey. I only know Galatasaray. <laughs> I have a Benchica uh, scarf. Bichitas, and then the other one, Pernav- Pernavace. Yeah. Those are like the three that I know. That's pretty much it. And actually, that other the other one there was like a blue logo, like a like a B logo. Forgot blue sports something. I don't know. I don't know, man. The Turkish league is a little outside of my comfort zone for sure, guys. But uh, yeah, this weekend, uh, you know, the party got started off with the dash. Then we had the Dynamo on Saturday, and to finish off was Dynamo Dos uh, playing at home. Um, overall, I love that. Just the you know having a a game basically every day. I know that we talked about it um, about how you know because of the Apple TV deal, like all the MLS games are pretty much the same time, and it's difficult to watch uh, everything except for obviously they had the El Tráfico randomly on a Sunday uh, afternoon. But guys, let's dive in if you guys don't mind. Uh, we can start with those Christian. You got to watch a little bit of those. You're usually in charge of helping us with the recap regarding Dynamo Dos. So, man, just just your thoughts on that match that ended up uh, a tie and then went to penalties against ALFC two. Yeah, so it was a to kind of kick it off. It was a pretty strong lineup for the for the Dynamo Dos. Uh, some would say, or me personally, I would say it's probably the strongest Dynamo Dos that we have ever seen when when it just comes to names and who's on the field. So the expectations were really high. Uh, coming into this match, you know, after we got our first win last game, this one, you know, could could be the first win at home. They were going against an LAFC two, who, you know, given who they come under, which is you know LAFC, the the current champion of the MLS, you would think they have a pretty strong team, and they did. It was a pretty close game, like you mentioned, zero zero all the way to the end. Uh, both teams, you know, had a couple chances. I think the Dynamo had more clear chances than LAFC did. Uh, Andrew Tarville only had to do a couple of saves. Uh, the goalkeeper for LA, LAFC had a little bit more work to do, 
but I think, um, you know, there, I, it's still kind of like a work in progress in a way. Um, but I, I mean, Kenny Bundy said it best. It wasn't the best game out of his team. I think he expected a lot more with what he put on the field and, and kind of like the game plan that he had. And even though the exp- expectations were there and, and everybody wanted a pretty good win out of, out of that team, uh, unfortunately, they were not able to get, you know, in the back of the goal. But fortunately for them, you know, they went to the PKs afterwards. Um, the the MLS next pro rules are a little bit different. So if every game, the game goes ends in a tie in the regulation time, it goes to a PK shootout and both teams get a point if they tie and then whoever wins the shootout, they, they get an extra point. So the Dynamo came out with two points. LAFC goes home with a point, which is really good for them, I guess, in a way. So uh, yeah, that's that. I think, like I said, it's a work in progress. They're still improving. Uh, Kenny Bundy obviously has to like deal with the whole having players with MLS contracts, which was a lot of them. Uh, and then having, oh, that's a nice thing. And then having a lot of guys, you know, young guys, like for example, in the second half, uh, you had players like Sikh, Sikh Soto, uh, who's a 17-year-old kid. And then you had Andrew Tarville, a kind of MLS veteran in goal. So it's kind of cool to see those two things uh, mix in games like those. But but like we said, work in progress. And I think the development of the players, you're starting to see some players are are kind of getting a little bit of more of a hang of what it is to compete. So hopefully with this um, U.S. Open games coming up, we'll, we'll be able to see some of those names in, in MLS Next Pro come to the first team and maybe make debut de- ooh, make their debut or, you know, get some minutes and also help with that depth that we need, you know, going into the summer and then hopefully at the end of the year. So we'll see if those guys that have contracts are able to kind of, you know, push it into the first team. And those that don't have contracts be able to push forward and hopefully get a contract, you know, like kids like Diego Gonzalez, who's who's an academy product, and he did pretty good. Jacob Evans uh, did pretty good, kind of like in, num- in the number 10 role. Uh, distributing the ball a little bit better now that we don't have, you know, a player like Palomino who was in charge of that. Um, set pieces are not the same. Palomino used to take all of those. And nine times out of 10, it was a goal out of a free kick. Yep. This year, they're still struggling a little bit on that. What about uh, what about Casillas? I mean, you know, that's a name that has been thrown Juan Casillas a lot. Yeah. So, so yeah. Casillas yeah. had a really good game last game. Uh, in my in my opinion, he, he did pretty well against St. Louis because um, that, that game was kind, of, was kind of, they started losing 1-0 and then they came back and they and they ended up winning the game. So they flipped it on his head. This game, he wasn't as, you know, kind of like in it as we usually see him. He was still making good tackles, but at sometimes he was just kind of lost in the, you know, in the way of things. Uh, so there was a couple of good players that, you know, you just kind of want to see a little bit more. Vander Kust, Vander Kust, or, you know, whatever his name is. Um, you know, you, you see him a lot on the left side. Uh, you see guys like Murana, who started off on the right, and then he ended up playing kind of center back because uh, Mik- actually Mikel came out with a with an injury. I don't, I d- It didn't seem too bad, but, you know, he had to get out. So it's kind of a little concerning there. Uh, but, you know, once again, I'm going to repeat it. Work in progress is still in the beginning of the season for them. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, is their fourth match. So, you know, it's it's a whole different dynamic, kind of moving the players around and with the ages and stuff like that. But hopefully the hunger, the hunger is still there. And next match, you know, they'll be able to pull something together. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, well, you'll have the uh, the recap basically the Dynamo Tuesdays up most like tomorrow. Um, yeah, and uh, also we did get to interview uh, Isaiah Lafleur, a guy that played left back uh, quite a lot last year. Uh, right now, I think you know having Bender there is gonna kind of keep him more in the bench as they're trying to see if this this kid that they brought him from the Netherlands could could move into the uh, first team. Um, and then th- I mentioned, you know, that all the games playing different days was pretty good because I was able to watch. I would say I watched the Dash game on Friday. I watched the uh, the Saturday game, uh, the Dynamo. And then the I only missed about, I would say, 20 minutes of the Dos game. Uh, that, so I missed the, the penalties and the end of the game. But um, going into the Dash, you know, the Dash, we don't spend a ton of time, uh, a ton of time here in the Dash. Uh, or talking about the dash, just because you know us three that tend to host this uh, uh, podcast don't usually watch them, just because you know we were stuck watching the Dynamo at, around the same time. So we try not to spend a ton of time because we don't feel comfortable that we're giving them you know the correct amount or of or good information. But because we did, or I got to watch it, man, really good game. I think that uh, they went into Portland Thorns. Um, a team that had not lost a match. Uh, they actually won with like a 4-0, both of their first two matches. So coming in, uh, even the guys that watch the game, which is Dustin and Manny uh, and, and Joey, they, they really thought that the Thorns were going to run away with it. And and to be honest, it seemed that way pretty early on that Thor were able to uh, find a really early goal under the 10-minute, and, and they just kept – uh, pushing on their left side of the field, which basically put uh, Diasco in, in a really bad turmoil, uh, dealing with a lot of pressure early on, and and it just looked like it was going to get out of hand. That first goal, I, I we really, you know, it seemed that another goal was going to come, and probably you know it was just going to get worse for the dash. It took a lot of time for them to settle, but about 10, 15 minutes later. Uh, you get the magic of La Bombi, you know, scoring with her prestigious left foot, man. Like, I don't know. She's she's deadly with that left foot um, and, and getting uh, a, being able to score that that uh, tying goal um, to put the, uh, the 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 match on a one one. It changed the game, the dynamic of the game. Uh, but again, you could see that. Uh, every now and then, uh, there's a lot of confusion uh, for the dynamo, the dynamo players, for the dash players. Man, they they just look very confused. Uh, they kept looking at the bench. They were, kept looking at uh, their head coach Sam Lately, um, just for whatever tactics. And, and a couple times, um, you saw Sam go out there with a little board, you know, that has the little uh, X's and O's, and just telling everybody. Uh, what to do but overall it was really impressing just the way that um, the dash were able to go out to really rough place a really you know difficult stadium in Portland and come back with points and stay undefeated which is a big deal right Um, now they'll be playing on Wednesday at home against Casey Current Uh, they've become a little bit of rivals I guess because of the proximity uh, to each other uh, you know, there's always that Houston against Kansas City rivalry. Um, but yeah, th- this game should be another pretty good match. 
Um, you know, if you haven't get your tickets and make it out to that game, I mean, the ladies have been doing great. Uh, you know, even with new coach Sam Lady walking in to uh, a playoff team, you know, last year, they're hoping to repeat it again. But yeah, again, uh, Houston Dash against Kansas City Current. They'll be playing at 6.30 on Wednesday. Um, Christian, man, you know, we are going to take a big and a deep dive to the Dynamo game. But, you know, you want to tell the people about Senate Ave Brewing Company? Yes, sir. So also, I wanted to mention that the guys are also prepping a whole Dash uh, podcast coming up soon. So be on the lookout for that. They're They're not going to be... Uh, they're not going to be as consistent as this one, but you know you can expect at least one, maybe two a month, deep dive into the Houston yes. Dash. You know, th- with people that know a lot more than we do, so it's it's coming. You know, don't don't worry. We're we're trying to get some Dash coverage. Uh, you know, as uh, better Dash coverage as well. So it, it's coming on, on its way. We promise. Uh, but yeah, and all that, all that is coming, you know, with the help of Senate, you know, people like Senate uh, Avenue uh, Brewing Company, Senate, Av- Senate Avenue Brewing Company, a brewing, well, obviously a, bre- a brewing, uh, brewing place over there in Jersey Village. So if you live anywhere, you know, close to the northwest side of town, Cypress, you know, the Heights even right there, kind of like in intersection of 290 and Bowie 8. Um, so it's pretty easy to get to, you know, no matter where you live in town, you, you know, just hit, hit Bill eight, go around, get off in 290. And it's like right there, kind of the first light, uh, off 290. So go check them out. Really good beer, really good atmosphere, really good food. Uh, and you know, the owner, Andrew, he's a season ticket holder for the Houston Dynamo. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure if he's a season ticket holder for the dash, but you know, We'll, we'll we'll put it out there. I know he's I really think, big on. Yeah, the I don't know if he does. You you're good about that because he does have two daughters and they they love yeah. going to the dash game. But I'm not sure if he goes to every single dash game or not. Yeah, but I mean, he's still you know a very good uh, soccer guy here in Houston. You know, he supports the the men the men's game and the women's game. Uh, you know, even with his daughters being part of all that. So go check them out. They do a lot of really community uh, events and stuff like that. They're always doing something for the community, not not only soccer related, but you know, in other aspects of life. So if you you know if if you don't want to go to a game, you can go check out the events that they have almost every weekend. But if you go want to watch a game, you know, go check them out. They have a bunch of TVs, and usually when the Dynamo are playing, they'll have them right there on the main screens. And we're hosting a uh, watch, watch viewing, a viewing watch party. A watch party, it's probably yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but we're gonna be watching the game of Houston against Frisco uh, there. So you know, if you're able to go with the supporter groups to Frisco, more power to you. But if you can't, we're gonna be out there uh, live streaming uh, us, kind of watching the game as well on the YouTube channel. And you know, we're just gonna be hanging out and talking some Dynamo. You know drinking some brewskis and, you know, just having a good time. So hopefully you guys can join us and you can find Senate Avenue at Senate Ave on Instagram. Check them out over there. Yeah, for sure, man. I think that's, that's going to be, that's going to be fun. It was fun the first time we went just to hang out, you know, as a, as a small group. Uh, we're hoping that more people go out there for that rivalry match against uh, FC Dallas. The hatred is there. So let's enjoy it. And hopefully it's a win. Um, and we'll have stickers. I'll take stickers for both Bayou City Soccer and Dynamo Theory. You know, that throwback. Because that that's how it all started, man. We would have never known each other if it wasn't for Dynamo Theory, eh? That's true. Hey, uh, but... Well, maybe, yeah. maybe you and, Re- and Rodrigo. Well, yeah. Rodrigo, you know, sometimes <laughs> I don't think I know him much. But, you know, maybe. 
Hey, and then Astro in the background too. So yeah, Astro. <laughs> but um, let's move right into the game, man. Uh, the details, you know, the game was again Saturday, six thirty Central, Red Bull Arena. Game was delayed quite a bit, uh, just because of rain. Uh, just our more most like there was rain throughout the entire game. It seemed like, but uh, lightning, you know, that tends to keep away the people from the stand, so that that delayed the game. Um, the lineup, I can go through the lineup real quick. Uh, you know, Ben Olsen filled it. Steve Clark as the captain. We had Daniel Saris as the right back. Ethan Barlow uh, and Hadevi as the pair center backs. Uh, Franco Escobar playing on the left. Again, uh, we saw Luis Caicedo come in basically in place of Hector Herrera. Uh, Arthur was there as well in the midfield. Carrasquilla started in the middle of the field as well. And then Brooklyn Reigns was out wide along with Corey Bear down the middle and Vasi on the left side. Rodrigo, let's start with you, man. Here's your thoughts on the lineup itself. Uh, you know, did anything surprise you going into this match against the New York Red Bulls? Uh, I feel like it's one of those lineups that you're really trying to replace uh, Hector in the midfield. And, you know, as we've seen this lineup develop, this Ben Olsen um, style of play is more... Herrera heavily dependent. Um, so, you know, kind of trying to fit those pieces of like who could replace him. Obviously, it's going to be hard. He controls a lot of the midfield. Almost everything just goes through him at this point. Um, but overall, I feel like the, the team was solid for how they looked, um, both, you know, offensively and defensively. Obviously, I feel like they could have created more. And maybe that's something, you know, Herrera gives the team to that, that, it's, that it was lacking. Um, and defensively, I feel like our weakest thing is just set pieces and those second balls. Like, it's just, we can't get to those. I feel like every single team always wins those second balls and it's just not in our forte or I don't know if it's just, um, you know, the, the, the boys don't really go for those or maybe it's just unlucky, but it's definitely something we have to work harder on. Yeah, I, I know kind of your feeling, and, and it made a lot of, you know, not having Hector Herrera, you know, be in the field, uh, trying to take advantage of the turmoil or, you know, of the events that uh, New York Red Bull was going through this week uh, or past week whenever uh, they found out that Dante Vanzier, their DP, was going to get suspended six games and supporters leaving, which... To be honest, it's I saw more people than I saw last week at New York, you know, Red Bull Arena. So I don't know what what gave it gave the opposite effect. You know, maybe you're trying to support your team at the end of the day, and uh, there's quite a, uh, they claim to be twelve thousand people. I don't know about that, but I mean they do have a decent sized stadium. But um, overall, uh, you know, seeing the lineup again, nothing necessarily jumped out. <laughs> Other than we knew that it was going to be probably like a man-to-man in the sense of, you know, Hector Herrera out and then somebody else coming in. We just didn't want to word sure. But uh, Christian, anything you want to add about the lineup itself? Uh, n- not really. I think Caicedo coming in, you know, to kind of fill in that gap, he did a pretty good job. Um, I, I Usually we're not used to having uh, guys from the, bo- from the box, from the bench come in and fill those gaps really well. 
we usually there's there's kind of like a big drop off between the people that start and the people on the bench, at least in my opinion. Um, but I think Caicedo did really good. And, and honestly, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Caicedo a little bit more. Obviously, you know, he's, he has people in front of him that, that are doing a better job. You know, when you look at Arthur, when you look at, obviously, Coco, when you look at Hector, it's kind of hard to dethrone them out of that position. But every time that Caicedo has been going in, he's been doing a heck of a job. So I'm pretty glad that we have somebody with experience, somebody that is kind of very calm and collected and not super aggressive in the way that he's going to commit stupid fouls or get yellow cards. He's very, like, what's the word? Methodol- I don't know. But, you know, when he thinks methodical. about the, That's the word I was looking for. Methodical you. and the way that he makes his decisions of where to go, where to defend, where to move. And, I mean, having Arthur honestly gives me a lot of peace. So it's it was a good it was a good pair to have in the center in the center of the field and and honestly our center backs have been killing it shout out barlow man he's been having a heck of a season so far and teenage too i think we had mentioned that early in our chat i mean teenage back in you know last year he was very reckless in my opinion and you know a lot of you stupid yellow cards and this year i'm sure he's probably has one or two but he is not as bad as last year and he has been defending like a maniac and when you look at the goalkeeper, he's been doing a heck of a job as well. So p- defensively, I like it. Yeah, I mean, and just moving into the game, you know, we the we've talked a lot, and and everybody knows the Red Bull way. You know, they tend to give the ball to the opposition and kind of press at certain times. You know, during the match to try to find that mistake uh, and find a counter and be very they're very direct, right? Just trying to hit a long ball, trying to get somebody up front. Um, that was not the case. They took complete advantage of, I think, the game plan for the Dynamo was a good one. You know, knew, knowing that they knowing that they weren't going to have be able to control the ball. Because, again, you go back to every other game. Hector Herrera is the one that just kind of, you know, commands that midfield. is able to control the ball and, you know, commands his teammates well to be able to move the ball around. And we did not have one player that did that. It was a lot of just take it up for at least the first 30 minutes. I don't know about you guys, but I probably had like maybe three or four mini heart attacks throughout the first, and especially in the first half, um, just because of, you know, how close they kept going towards uh, Steve Clark's goal. And, and a lot of it, and, and and you men, you mentioned like uh, Bartlow and Hadevi, but, all the guys were just literally just throwing their body out there and, you know, trying to get that ball um, to just be deflected and, and, you know, stay away from goal. And, and whenever, you know, Steve Clark was asked a couple times uh, to make those saves, especially that one from uh, New York Red Bulls captain, um, what is his name? Nailies. I can't think of the guy's name. Now I'm blanking on the guy's name. Was it Nailies? Those yeah, are captain. Yeah, N- Nellie's. Yeah, that's his name. It sounded funky. But uh yeah, he had that one right there in front of goal, what about six yards away. And Steve Clark just did a hell of a job blocking that. So, you know, overall in the first half, it was really scary for the Dynamo. I how New York didn't score like four goals, it's it's mind blowing. But again, the guys did just a good job of just absorbing all that pressure. Um, the one that got it the worst, it was probably Daniel Stedditz, and he was able to still, you know, maintain his cool. Uh, you know, you went back to his stats, and 
he did not commit one foul. He he was very clean, uh, you know, winning that ball or at least just being a nuisance uh, for the attacking players. Um, so overall, it was good to see. And Rodrigo, uh, yeah, just your thoughts, I guess, just stick to the first half for now on on that pressure that, that the New York brought Houston and the way that Houston was able to kind of cope with it. <laughs> I wouldn't say we could cope with it. I feel like we had Steve Clark in the back saving us. But at the same time, you know, when they build up, when Red Bulls build up play, take a shot on target, either it was a save made or something that falls in the box. Like, I don't know if we're just lost in there and we just can't get to that second ball. But I feel like if you watch the game over, you can probably count every single rebound. It was a New York rebound. And luckily, you know, like you said, there was those times that it looked like it was going to end in a goal. Um, there was a little hill flick, whatever, that it was, you know, six yards yeah. um, inside the six-yard box that, honestly, I don't know how that did, didn't end in a goal. Yeah. But it's, it's just that those little things. That was by Bartlow, huh? <laughs> the other <laughs> attacker, Bartlow. Bartlow right. and Bartlow was, were having a, quite a night, man. And it's just those little things that, like, like, what do we need to do better to be there to win those balls? And I feel like, Last season, part of this season already, those have been the mistakes. I mean, those second balls, some a loose ball inside the box, and you know, one shot put it away. I mean, we saw it in the Cincinnati game, I believe, that it was one of those, you know, balls that just kind of stay floating there and then somebody just puts it back in the back of the net. Um, you know, and I feel like if we didn't have Steve Clark there, we probably would be closer to losing most games. But obviously, he's been a key part at the same time. I feel like set pieces is something that has been killing us. I mean, just in that first half, there were, I can't remember if it was two or three set pieces, the same thing. You know, they they were able to win the set piece. Um, either Steve Clark made a save or there was a rebound, and then they get the next ball. So I feel like, you know, that's, that's kind of how our weakness so far when we can't control the ball, when we can't keep retain the ball, that's kind of how we're losing or, you know, could lose games. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of it was the, like you said, the players were just clearing it to clear it. And a lot of times it was going smack down to the middle that you're like, dude, that that's something you learn day one in playing soccer, right? Never to the middle. And we saw a lot of that from Coco, from Brooklyn Reigns, from Corey Baird, you know, they were trying to trap the ball, do something, and just losing it or or just put, punching it uh, to the middle of the field uh, when in reality, you know, whenever you're trying to give it to Arthur and Arthur was a shell of himself. I think this was probably his worst game uh, just because he he, he usually is, is uh, it's uh, able to maintain that pressure away and play simple. But because, you know, his check down. It's Hector Herrera that, you know, tends to be even, you know, easier with the ball at his feet, being able to, you know, use his vision quite nicely. It wasn't there. And you have Arthur and uh, Caicedo, which sadly, Caicedo is way more defensive than Arthur. So there is nobody there that could actually control the ball. And, you know, you tend to see Arthur go box to box in pretty much every other game when Hector Herrera was there. And, you never saw that. I don't think Arthur ever crossed half field uh, in the first half or the second half. So it, it was really, really not, um, especially the first half. You know, the pressure was just consistent. 
Uh, it was just relentless. Uh, that John Tolkien kid who looks goofy for whatever reason. I don't know. He looks like Machine Gun Kelly or something. I don't know. Uh, some kind of rapper. But uh, but he was just playing really well, man. The the dude, it's he's he, if he's uh in contention to be a part of the U.S. national team, the dude could definitely play. You know, he he has those, that potential. We you can definitely see that he could probably make the jump um to Europe just because uh he had good qualities young guy good qualities left back there's not a lot of good left backs out there so anyways um that that's just what we saw and again on the first half you were so happy to go to you know zero zero um and during the break and then coming back uh or actually even before going into the break there was only uh, was it one run by Bossy that he did a quick uh, progressive uh, dribble, I guess, uh, using those nerdy words. Um, and, and he found uh, Coco Carrasquilla, which Coco had wide open uh, Brooklyn Reigns on the right side, but he decided to go for the shot that was uh, wide. And then um, that was about it for them in the first half. Um, and then in the second half, um, a little bit of the same. Uh, New York kept the momentum of, you know, pressuring up high, getting a few shots, not as dangerous as the first half. Uh, but I think the game settled down a little bit more because, um, uh, the Dynamo were able to just, you know, take advantage of the, of, of just longer periods of time with the ball or just at least getting three, four, five passes together. And, uh, it was good to see. And what's funny is the subs came in. Franco or Ivan Franco came in for Brooklyn Reigns and it didn't take long for him to start doing some damage. I think uh, there was a corner, Christian, uh, I don't know if you remember it, but there was a corner that uh, went to the far post and it literally hit Ivan Franco in the face and then went to the goalie. And that was, it was counted as a like shot on goal. And I just thought it was funny because uh, Ivan was just grabbing his face because I bet that thing hurt, man. But uh yeah, just your thoughts on Ivan Franco. Uh, you know, this is before the counterattack and stuff. Just kind of what you saw. I don't. I, I mean, to be a hundred percent honest, I don't remember anything about Franco. <laughs> uh, I I don't because I don't remember any of the guys going forward. To be honest, true. true. It was I mean, very minimal for sure. Yeah, it was like extremely minimal. I mean, you look at you look at shots on goal, and literally is the one that you talked about, uh, Goko taking in the first uh, in the first half that went wide. And then the goal, you know, in comparison to to them who had 18 shots, you know, total. Uh, so like, you know, it, it was it was a very one sided game. So whenever we we scored, and we were like, well, this this is it, you know, just park all the buses, you know, that we took to the stadium, and just call it call it a night, you know. We I mean, we went in playing defensive, you know, we we went in playing in our own half, knowing that a counter was going to be the only way that we could get out of our half, and that's all it took. But but then again, you know, having Franco instead of Brooklyn Reigns w- would be probably the only way to get a goal like that, just because Ivan Franco is a little bit more more experienced when it comes to, you know, running one-on-one against a defender or bodying a defender. I think Brooklyn, you know, he's still in a learning stage in a way where he's still kind of learning how to use his body. You know, we saw in the first couple of games he was getting, you know, dragged back and forth you know being bullied almost uh, and i think as he progresses every game he's starting to feel a little bit more confident in who he is as a person as a player you know his body 
you know, knowing where to put his body and stuff like that. But then you have Franco or like Basi who, you know, we've seen them in person, like close and they're tiny, they're tiny dudes, but they're, you know, they're tough. They're tough and they're going to fight you for, for the ball. They're going to fight you, you know, tooth and nail to, to fight for, for those, you know? And that's basically what happened in the goal. You know, Franco fighting with a defender, he beats them somehow using his body. And it was a one-on-one with the goalkeeper almost. He could have shot at himself. Obviously, he he left the pass uh, to Coco, who obviously took the better decision. But, you know, it could have been easily just Franco making that run. But I, I mean, I will say, though, the defense by John Tolkien was like, you know, when yeah. there they say like, a, I don't know, it was like a like a bug, like on this freaking fruit man it was just like right right on top of him so it was definitely the better choice but rodrigo are you, know, you saying that he emptied his pockets and brooklyn rains was yeah basically yeah, <laughs> probably yeah, yeah most basically likely. man no, but I mean, rodrigo, yeah. Uh, yeah go for it no i was gonna say hitting on that you know just looking some stats on that book uh rains only had 10 touches for the 53 minutes he played um and then uh, Ivan Franco had 13. If that tells you anything of how much possession we we really had and what they could even do with that possession. Um, anyways, go ahead. No, I was just going to tell you, uh, Christian mentioned, you know, a little bit of the goal. But, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, obviously Thor comes in uh, and then with seconds, right, he comes in and we had a goal kick in our favor. Uh, Steve Clark hits it up there. Thor challenges the defender. No one really touches it. It takes like a lucky bounce. And if Ivan Franco's right there, but just if you want to go more in detail of the goal itself, man, what you saw, especially because you mentioned how we never get win those, you know, those second balls to an extent. And this is no one really touched it. So I don't know if you call it a second, you know, ball, but at the end of the day, it was definitely like uh, that lucky bounce went our way. I mean, this should have been a Steve Clark assist. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Honestly, you know, I think the the three players there just did enough to kind of um, make the defense uh, question the the bounce, and then obviously, you know, Ivan Franco had the clear um, open space that you know he was able to dribble. And honestly, like I think Christian mentioned, he could have finished. You know, he could have just actually put that away, but instead, he did the unselfish thing and kind of did the kind of thing you know <laughs> you go ahead and miss it because like yeah. if i miss this yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get me shit <laughs> yeah. so so you know um and obviously coco who apparently i'm not gonna mention names but people have saying that coco has been disappearing and doesn't do much i feel like who the for fuck this has game that I, I don't know man not i feel me, like man. i watch the negative game. negative fans out there that don't don't appreciate what he does in the back then He's not a goal scorer, but here he goes, scoring goals and taking look, shots. Look at him. And, um, you know, playing well, especially without Herrera. Um, but, yeah, I feel like he, he had a good game overall. Well, and obviously Thor, right? Thor comes in. Uh, we know he. there's probably another striker in the bench that does not play much. Wait, what? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, to me, the only thing that uh, I guess we can go, you know, Obviously, okay, let's finish out the the game, I guess. But, yeah, so the goal comes in in the uh, 67 minute. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. 67. Yeah, 67. And then, um, which is funny because Food Mob has, like, Thor coming in after the goal, which was definitely not the case. But um, then uh, 
the game is it looks like we're right there you know that the dynamo are right there gonna get all three points and in old dynamo fashion man you know there's a a uh I I guess a bad clearance by I think it was teenager Davy or that that ended up costing that uh, corner that that end, yeah no so you know what you you say in old dynamo fashion but honestly I think personally like we well, I mean honestly I think we could say we deserve we deserve to lose maybe I don't know if we deserve to to lose the game but we we you know we were literally inside the box for the last 20 minutes you know and we were holding on to to dear life for the whole entire game period. So me when they scored, I was like, well, you know, it's it's pretty fair. I I think Dynamo fashion would have would have been for us to lose the game, like you know, in the last five minutes. So I mean, I I see where you I see where you're coming from. You know, when you say you know in the last minute we always get yeah. scored on. But yeah, I Vancouver think if we, we would have been <laughs> it would have been another special. year. We would have oh, yeah. lost two one. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And you know, obviously, watching the game, uh, I was actually watching it with my dad. You should watch the games at home by myself. But I invited my dad to see it, and uh, it was the last fit, ten minutes. I was just like, I'm scared. Tengo miedo. Like, and <laughs> something just told me that you know, obviously, the pressure had been consistent the whole game for Red Bulls mm-hmm. not to get a goal uh before it just but it was like you knew that it was there they kept still attacking they still were looking for chances um and in the corners in the first half that that Rodrigo you mentioned you know we suffered a lot it just seemed like we weren't winning the uh you know the uh, aerial duels like we tend to do at least maintaining the ball outside of the uh opponent's reach and um that's exactly what happened here you know that I think a corner in the first half actually uh was very very, very similar they uh, had a guy uh playing basically men to men on on Clark just to be in the way and the to me it was really weak defending by Franco Escobar he had done so good the entire game even though he kind of lost his head a couple times and you really thought he was going to get a red card but um he just left the defender wide open i mean sorry the attacker wide open uh and and the guy got a free header with you know Clark not a lot to do it was a really good corner you know putting it right in the area that it was going to be difficult for him to get and there's just no chance on him getting it uh with the obstruction um that he was getting and and again a free header is always going to go in so for it to be in the 89th minute you know had to piss them off like you had to piss a player off you kind of saw um especially i think coco was the one that they kept zooming in uh he just looked really like just angry, kind of disappointing to get that that uh that you know go at the end of the game that ends up you know giving them only one point instead of a three and and just after the game you know Ben Olsen mentioned the fact that his team just was down like after the game they they felt that they should have won that game and they were angry that it wasn't the case so uh, which you know it's it's a good thing right you want to be able to to win those games and and it really does suck when when like down the line down to the wire you end up you know conceding uh, a goal that ruins it for you what's up Rodrigo? the only thing i would say is you know i'm not trying to obviously blame anybody but ben olsen only making two subs in a game that were pretty defensive and obviously struggling and players i'm not saying they were dying out there but you know, they're trying to keep up with this Red Bulls, just attacking and attacking. Obviously, you know, that's going to cause a lot of fatigue. But, like, could he have put more fresh legs in that could have helped at least? Yes. Give us a chance to... Good point. 
maybe just toss it long and try to get yeah. people just out there. That's that's you exactly know. what I was thinking. Why why not try to close out the game? You know, you have Mikel out there, you know, change it up a little bit, you know, throw another defender or or just move somebody that can move back and yeah. then maybe bring like a Nelson Quinones who you know he has speed. You can just exploit it, you know. You, I mean, you can go three in the back with Steris, Barlow and and Teenage and then bring in Dorsey True. on the right side. Yeah. Bring, bring, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of combinations that you could have done to kind of had more people in the back. But that, see, like that's funny because you guys mentioning that it kind of shows, you know. Now I don't know if you want to switch uh, subjects or not. No, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. It, it kind of, it kind of shows you like where you know people didn't even talk about that. They didn't talk about you know how Ben Olsen could have closed down the game. They didn't talk about how Ben Olsen could have put fresh legs in the back. They didn't talk. They didn't talk about you know, maybe making another substitution to like close down the game. No, they talked about Ferreira. They talked about the attack. They talked, bro, we got to the, to the other side of the field once, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but, you know, I guess priorities, you know, like that's when you, when you kind of sit back and analyze, it's like, bro, we had it. And if we're going to tell Ben Olsen something about this game is you could have just done something in the back Right. Not in the front. And I putting Sebas in or putting Thor in or putting whoever in as a number nine would have not made a difference whatsoever in this game. So yeah. I, don't no, know. I, I just that, thought it was a really good point. Because yeah. even me, I didn't even think about that till you know Rodrigo yeah. brought it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, that's a great observation because I, I I didn't even think about it. I mean, especially time wasting, you know, Caicedo yeah. gets a yellow, 82nd minute. Start putting in players just to waste more time, you know. Yeah. And plus, you know, making sure you know just close out the game. I mean, you know, yeah, you can literally take our Caicedo out and put in a defender and maybe put somebody that else in the middle or somebody. Throw throw like ten people <laughs> behind the ball and just leave Nelson. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying park the bus, but at least yeah. help your defense out that's been struggling all all game. Oh. I would have parked it. <laughs> Fuck it. I mean, there's five minutes left. You can definitely, you know, kind Mourinho of make... special. Yeah, Mourinho special, man. Like a line of what is it? Five, yeah, five defenders, five, five in the middle. Five, four, one, else. You know? Yeah, no, for sure. And I think you know, if, if we're gonna go, you know, okay. At the end of the day, you know, one point on the road is great. You know, it really is for you know the Dynamo hadn't won or got hang any points. You know, out of the three. Uh, away matches that they face and um they hadn't played bad i think honestly it was very similar to this match except for i think they just again there was way more shots on them uh than any other away match and again not having somebody to just kind of calm the game down uh it was very noticeable and you just see the importance of hector herrera but um yeah you can't question a lot on olsen unless he goes on a really bad losing streak of why you're not playing a specific player uh because it's working and and you know christian you talked a little bit of ferreira you know not necessarily um you know the and the dynamo twitter world there that's really the main topic on conversation but um i want to ask you just directly like why uh you would start or if you would start baird over sevas and why and i mean at the end of the day is I mean, I could give my opinion, but then you can just listen to the coach. You know, people, people, you know, getting into it, fuck it. You know, people have been saying, oh, you know, answer the questions, be clear, be honest. It's like, bro, 
he said he answered the question a couple of weeks back when when Vic, shout out to Victor Arisa. You know, he's always asking hard questions, which is which is great. You know, that's what we want. We want, you know, the people to be accountable. We want the people to answer the questions. But he already answered the question. Tactically, Sebastian Ferreira does not fit the way that he wants to play, which is a defensive, you know, striker. A, 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 not even a defensive striker. A striker that is able to track back, be able to defend, and at the same time, get to the box whenever the other attackers are attacking on the side, which is, you know, we were talking about Sebas before we started. And it's not that he's lazy and maybe he is, maybe he's not. But when you look at him physically, he's a heavier guy. He's a guy that is not going to give you a 30, 40 yard sprint and then be able to sprint back. You know, it's not, it's not a guy that is going to run all over the field to catch a ball. It's not a guy that is going to run to the space. Is a guy, I mean, maybe yes, but not like Bear, not a Bear that's going to give you a 20, 30 yard run to get a ball when Coco Herrera, when Coco or Hector Herrera throws a ball in the middle of nowhere, he's going to go chase it. You know, uh, the the instinct on Sebastian is to go to the penalty spot, which which is completely fine because he grew up as a nine that, you know, when you, I mean, it's, it also like it's it's also it's a culture, culture, man. It's a yeah, culture. it's culture. Like in our in 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 our countries, a number nine sprints to the to the to the penalty spot. Like that that's what you're that's what they teach you here. They teach you to sprint to the space. It may be to the box. It may be to the outside. It may be you know wherever it may be. And that's what Bear does. You know when you look at Ben Olsen, Ben Olsen. But Christian, be Christian, right. you, he grew you up paid. here. He grew up in the MLS. But Christian, you paid so much money for this guy last year. You know, you brought him in as this big, designated player. You know, four million dollars. Like, why are you not playing him, dude? Why are you not playing Sebastian Ferreira after scoring what fourteen goals 13, last year? Thirteen, having like three, four, five assists. Like, why are yeah. you? Why are we benching this guy then? So I guess the first question would be who brought in Sebastian Ferreira, right? Sebastian Ferreira came before Ben Olsen, right? Pat and you know and company brought him in. They decided to make him a DP. Who knew about Sebastian Ferreira before he got mentioned? You know, raise, raise your hand if you're listening. Right? Who, did you who, did you even know where Olympia was? What you know was <laughs> in the world? I knew I I knew where where Olympia was because of Copa Libertadores. And I would still get it confused with, uh, with the other with Cerro Porteño. I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I remember, like you guys used to make fun of me because I'll be like, "Oh, Cerro Porteño," yeah. and then I'll be like, "No, it's Olympia." And it's like, "Oh shit, wrong one," you know. Like we, nobody knew where he was from, and I mean, and obviously the kid, you know, fought for his position, fought for whatever. But it's like now this might sound bad, but it's like now we're just making a, you know, an average to good. South American player, a DP. And he's like, bro, like, how, what? And, and also, it's a Dynamo DP. A Dynamo DP three years ago is not the same as a Dynamo DP now. You know what okay. I mean? Like, he was our first DP. He was our first big name. And he's not even a big name. Yeah. Like, the DPs that we should be striving for, which is something that we did, was Hector Herrera and up. But, but the issue here, too, is you signed them for a long-ass contract. Right. Exactly. That's because, another big yeah. issue because you paid a lot of money. You haven't <clears throat> sorry, you have them at least till 2025. Yeah. So you have another well counting this one. You have yeah. three more years of him. 
with an option to keep him, at, you know, for 2026. Rodrigo, mm-hmm. I mean, what are your thoughts on this, you know, saga? I think it was probably sold to pad on video of and stats of like, hey, this guy can do this. He can score goals. He can do all that. But when it comes to our style of play that we know we're not this, I guess, Seattle Sounders, you can say, of knowing to move the ball and use your forwards really well. It doesn't matter who they are. And they can go straight a goal, you know, if it's Arrudias or, you know, whoever they have up there. You know, we don't have that kind of momentum. We don't build play like they do. And what you really want is, in my opinion, would be a false nine. And you can make Ferreira his style of play. He doesn't work as a false nine because he's more like Christian's mentioning. He's he's used to be a, just a straight up nine, you know, just stay up front. Oh, a cherry picker, a poacher. Yeah, a cher- yeah. I mean, yes, he, he has good finishing. He can, yeah. you know, maybe get you a header in a corner or a cross or finish. But the style of play is we rely heavily on a midfield to build up play. And if he would be a player that would, I'm not saying he's lazy, but he needs to hustle more to become that false nine of like, hey, let me check back in. Let me play with my wings. But he doesn't. I feel like there, anytime he's on the field, there's little pressure from him on the defense, you know, and last year we noticed that a lot with Fafa trying to press all the time and then trying to push Sebas to do the same. And they'll just get frustrated because Sebas wasn't doing that, you know, and at this point, we don't know if that was Nagamura trying to push the team to do more of a pressing or was that just Fafa's mentality of like, Hey, let's corner this guys now. Cause you know, they're, they're trying to play out of the back. But when you don't have a cohesive team trying to do a press, and especially, you know, it all starts with your forward that needs to be pressing. doesn't matter. Just a workhorse running around trying to get the ball back or make them cause a mistake. Then if you don't have that, then, you know, you're, you're not really useful because yeah. the times like this Red Bulls game, he could have started and he probably would have had one touch the whole game. We had 30 percent of the ball. Yeah, You know, Brooker and Reigns, which he's pretty, you know, active, or like I said, Ivan Franco, 10 touches, 13 touches. Basi, I think, had like about 26, the same. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's not like he was going to get any touches. I mean, he probably would have gotten five max, and okay. he could have played 90 minutes. It was going to be like you were playing a man down at the same Basically. time. Yeah. <laughs> so, Christian, what were you going to – you kept raising your hand, man. No, Finish hey, your yeah, talk, I have something else to add, too. I'm so, yeah, sorry. Uh, so what like question right what was the main concern last year about Sebastian Ferreira even though he did get 14 for 13 14 goals you know we know that he can create his own luck right that's why I like him I like him because he's a guy that he gets the ball one-on-one he'll go towards defender right that's why I don't like Baird Baird tends to run backwards right and and I and I can see both points I can see where you know Sebas has really good qualities where Bear doesn't have good qualities as a nine. Because Bear is not, is not a nine. You know, let's just put it out there. He's not a, a your striker. He's a winger. But then, you know, what was the main concern last year was that balls were not reaching uh, Sebastian Ferreira. And and because we didn't, you know, we didn't have really like wingers to kind of run down and put crosses into the box, which is how he makes his living, waiting for a ball to drop to him in the box. You know, he'll fight defenders. He'll turn around. He'll go one-on-one on them. But he needs the ball to get to him inside the box. When you look at the players that we have today kind of playing in, you know, quote-unquote wings, who do we have? Ivan Franco, 
bossy players that are going to run with the ball and are going to look for an opening from 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 the striker to kind of you know mark the run you know let them know it's like okay you're coming inside with the ball i'm gonna make a run outside so you can have space to either take a shot or come find me you know it's a different style of play and a number nine in that position you can either be the guy that just stands on top of the box and holds the like gets the ball holds the ball drops it back or you know or you just make runs and that's what bear does that's what bear does he gets the ball if you look at him he gets the ball, he holds him, he drops him off. He gets the ball, he holds him, he drops him off. Or he, and then he drops him off, and then what does he do? He turns around and starts running. Bam. Like, looks for another opening. And that's what you need when you have players like Bossy, who will do the running for you. When you have players like Franco, who will do the running for you with the ball in their feet. When you have great passers like Coco and uh, and Achache, and even, you know, Arthur, they're players that can see space, and they'll just send it there. And you need somebody like Bear that it's going to yep. be able to run to the ball, be able to hold it, and wait for somebody to come help him out in a way. Yep. He's not there. And I understand we need goals. We need goals. We need goals. But we are getting results. We are yep. winning. We are tying. You know, yes, we, we did lose some games. But if you look at the ones that we lost, they were in the beginning when Sebastian was around, when, you know, kind of like Ben Olsen was trying to figure things out. And now it seems like he kind of figured it out. You know, you need a guy that's going to run. You need a guy that's going to go to the space. You need a guy that's going to give you a one-two with Bossy and Franco, with Ache, Ache to go into the space. And that's why he's working. I mean, I'm not pro- Go at it. Baird. Right. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, go for it because I'll keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> now, I was going to say, I mean, the creation from last year from Sebastian, you know, his goals and things that he did mostly came on when Quintero was on the pitch. You know, Quintero actually brought a lot of that because he- you know, we know, but I mean, there's only a few teams to play with a number 10, but I feel like Quintero, that was our number 10 last year. You know, he created for Sebas. He actually, you know, connected those one, twos, you know, through balls, things that Ferreira can finish. Now, most teams and especially ours, it feels like we play with two number eights, you know, workhorses that yep, are just going to yep. go up and down the field and you're going to find creation from your wings, you know, like, Christian's saying, you know, a Corey Burr that's going to be more on the wing. Um, Damn, anybody I, that's going to give that that thing. But Ferreira, you know, he's just going to be standing there in the middle watching everybody run by him and be like, yeah. all right, where do I fit in in this? And that's probably what Ben Olsen sees is like, hey, like you got to get involved somehow. Yeah, you just can send there. You can't just think like, oh, they got to get the ball to me. And that's what I'm saying. Like if he somehow had the mentality of like, let me be this false nine of like support the attack and support the wings, then he would fit in, but he's not. And I mean, we've seen him and obviously Ben Olsen sees him every single day in training, you know, and it, it's, you know, it's, it's the little things that are going to make a coach like, Hey, this guy's improving or no, he's sticking to the same old, you know, I got the yeah. ball on my feet. Let me take a shot. And that's it. And yeah. that's great in training. But when it comes to game scenarios, you get one of those a game. And you can't take a shot from half field expecting every it to go time. in every time. Yep. <laughs> Shout out to Austin. Hey, that, that's funny that you mentioned all that because I was going to about to like hit that, you know, mind blown like action. But yeah, no, uh, it's a completely different team from last year. You know, you had Fafa Pico that you were able, you know, who Fafa Pico was. You know, at the end of the day, you, we joked around how he's a one trick pony, but the guy had speed. But every now and then he would finish and he could have or had the ability to set up 
uh, Seva's quite well. And then Darwin Quintero, we don't have anybody creative, you know. We, as much as Coco wants to be, or they're trying to make him our 10, he does not have it. You know, he's more of a aggressive, you know, drive, driving the ball forward, but not necessarily kind of taking his time to uh, decipher the opposition and make those, you know, really good ball or through balls with, with vision. That's just not who Coco is. Again, I mentioned earlier how he took a shot instead of, you know, passing it on to uh, Brooklyn Reigns that was right next to him. So right now, uh, for me, it, it, Baird is playing over Sevas because that's what the game entails and that's the people that he has right now. However, it doesn't mean that he's completely away from not ever playing Sebastián Ferreira. You know, they're still building this roster out. You brought in Ivan Franco. You brought in, I mean, Basi. They're, I would say, similar players in the sense of they're kind of slower pace, kind of like looking for, you know, more of an easy pass or a shot from outside. Then again, somebody that it's, uh, you know, an Avertelli that we knew that he was going to destroy uh, whichever wing he was on and, and would be able to either set himself up for a finish or pass it on for, you know, the striker to take advantage of. And we're not there yet. I think that is not something that Ben is not completely trying to move away from Sebastian Ferreira. I mean, we'll find out. Obviously, again, the, the contract is a very lengthy contract, so it's not going to be easy to get rid of him. Um, and that's another thing. But it, that to me, the time that we've seen Sevas come, uh, you know, get some minutes, uh, he he was out there running. He was hustling. Again, it was a really short span, right? Maybe 10, 15 minutes. Now, can he do it for 90? I don't know. We don't know. And he may not be able to, you know, because that's not what he's used to. But that's right now looking at the squad. You know, obviously, the Brian Achara. Achara hasn't played at all. You know, they had Ivan, uh, Brad Smith, another guy that can uh, play, you know, make those long runs and, and find um, uh, crosses into the box. He's hurt. You know, Franco Escobar gets a little bit of that, but because of the defensive role of not having the left back, he, he has to be cautious as well. So Van der Kres hasn't really done anything. You know, doesn't he barely gets uh, anything happening on, on those. So a lot of the signings are short-term loans, and they're. I think at the end of the day, you know, Ben Olsen is brand new. He's only been here what five, six months. He hasn't been here long trying to put this roster together. And overall, with what he has, you know, that was brought in before even he stepped into the uh, team, he's doing what he needs to do with the team to get points and be able to win matches at home. So, you know, obviously, uh, we're trying to close this out, but. Just talking about playing at home, they're playing Inter Miami at home on Saturday. So again, that's one of those that you know you play on Saturday against Inter Miami, then you play during the week again in Tampa Bay. So you have to travel to Tampa Bay, and then the week after or the weekend after that, you're playing against LAFC. So you know basically it's a, it's a lot of traffic, a lot of games. So we will likely see Sebastian Ferreira playing one of those games uh, just because. Uh, you know, you, as far as much as it's like quick turnaround matches, uh, in quotation, you're, you're gonna have your DB playing Tampa Bay Rowdies. <laughs> hey, whatever happens, and and that's, I mean, he could prove that it's like, okay, you know, you've been sitting on the bench, you're gonna play a USL team, score, score a brace, get yourself a hat yeah. trick, you know, yeah, exactly. get, get us in the conversation of really having to add Ben Olsen. Why is this guy not playing? Because what we've seen from him is not as great as Corey Baird. 
you know, Corey Bear has definitely played more games. And, uh, you know, you were making notes and of, you know, how many times he's been uh, a part of, you know, setting up a goal, uh, whether it be an assist, whether it be him getting fouled on, whether it be just, you know, something relatively, you know, he's happening. Of course, he, you know, I think he only has one assist um, that was for Bossy, but but he's been active enough. He hasn't really had in any shots. He hasn't gotten any goals, obviously, but but it's something that his speed, his defensive awareness uh, gets sets him up and sets the team for chances, you know, closer to goal. But um, guys, you guys want to close out your thought? I know Christian looks like he wants to say something. Yeah, just, yeah something. I'm going to try to make it short. I don't know how short it's going to be. But out of six, the last six goals from the Dynamo, uh, Barrett has been either directly or indirectly part of them of, of five of those. Either passing the ball like a true assist, getting a foul on to, to get a foul, getting a follow-up for a PK, you know, whatever it may be, or kind of being part of the one-two touches that led to a foul or, you know, a one-two, you know, kind of something like that. So it's not that, you know, I'm not saying I'm pro Baird over Sebastian. I'm just saying that he's a little bit more useful than Sebastian at this point in time. Yeah, uh, and I'm not anti-Sebastian. I like the guy. I think no, I I love. Who doesn't love Sebastian Ferrer? He reminds me of a true, like a true old school nine, which is yeah. what I grew up with. You know what I mean? Um, and then also, you know, let's just stop saying that Ben Olsen is not answering questions. Like, yeah. I just think it's dumb. Like he did, he answered the question. It's it's not the answer that you want. Therefore, you think it's not. He's not being like transparent or whatever maybe, but. He answered the question. And sometimes the answer to a question will be because I want to. And guess what? He's the coach. If he wants to do it, he wants to do it. I mean, you know, you know, Rudy, you have kids. And sometimes you tell your kids something and they're like, why do I have to do this? It's yeah. Because I told you to. Like, I don't have to give you an explanation. I don't have to tell you why. You just do what I say because it's for the better of well, you. That's and, thing. and that's good that you say that because, Rodrigo, I mean, that. It's not new, right? I mean, how many times have, you know, you see a new coach come in and that star player or that guy that was doing very well, you know, last season or the season before is not of what the new coach wants, man. It's it's not new. I mean, Shout out to know. Bell, James Rodriguez, yeah. Charito. <laughs> exactly. Let's go on. Even I mean, Ronaldo. what about even the Cristiano, even Cristiano Ronaldo, Ronaldo, you know, like, the legend, you know, goes to returns to Manchester United. Like, no, this guy doesn't do anything. He's selfish. Like, and then, you know, it, it's the same thing. It doesn't matter. You know, obviously, yeah, the guy is 37 years old, this and that, whatever, at the time. But at the end of the day, and like... he was getting paid a lot more than Sebastian. Let me tell you that much. Exactly. Having a, having a DP title, it doesn't mean shit. I know we're on the MLS. I know the MLS has different rules. But... And, and you know, with all due respect to everybody out there that it was kind of disagreeing with me, I'm not saying that I'm right just because we have a podcast and I have a mic. No, but, no, no. You're you know, awful, bro. It, it, it's it soccer, bad. bro. Like, it's soccer and it's simple. You play good, <laughs> you play in the field. You play bad, you sit your ass on the bench. No, and and be. what I was going to say is, like, uh, you know, obviously I mentioned Ronaldo, but obviously I think to this point, I don't think Sebastian is like a cancer to the team. No, you can all. see how he celebrates with his, you know, when the <laughs> Coco scored that? that goal. That yeah, you saw him being playful, giving like a yellow card to uh, Ivan Franco in one of the corners. You saw him be the first one to run out and and uh, you know hug Coco and and even uh, you could read his lips telling Thor like great job. Like he's still a team player and a professional. And at the end of the day, 
again, his chance is going to come like sooner or later. And there is when we'll see like, okay, why is he not playing or why he should play? You know, if he can score a goal or two and, you know, and whenever he plays, that opens that conversation even wider. And seeing the fact that, you know, we know there's still like a, like a U22 initiative spot that they're trying to fill. Like there's going to be other Again, the loan with Ivan Franco, the loan with uh, Nelson Quinones, if they're not the guys that they want, you know, they're, they're gonna, they'll be able to move away from them in the summer. So that doesn't mean that Sebastian is gone. It just means that they're trying to find the players that they can bring in. And and obviously, like we saw even, you know, obviously, again, going back to Tay Schmidt, Tay Schmidt is out for the season. I know it's something we learned after we recorded the the podcast, he's most likely gone for the whole season. He had to get surgery on his ACL, MCL. Like it's a pretty bad uh, injury for him, and which sucks. You know, a guy that came from nowhere and be- became a starter right from the bat, and then obviously Brad Brad Smith dealing with an injury, and they brought in Chase Ga- uh, Gasper, another guy. Sadly, he's injured himself, so not necessarily the quickest thing to do. But all those guys that they brought in have been really good to the point that they've been able to even show with their national teams as well, you know? Uh, so, so just the competition, getting it better. They're trying to find somebody that can take over the last spot. I mean, we don't want to see Franco Escobar be there the entire time, but you are playing your, your best players out there. And I think that's what we're really seeing. And uh, Christian Rodrigo, final thoughts, Rodrigo, you, you're unmuted. You probably want to know you're good. All right, man. I think, I think this has been pretty good. Um, Christian, man, if you can go ahead and uh, oh, 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 no, no, what were we doing, guys? What were we doing? We didn't even say like what you guys are thinking for the Inter Miami game. Just, I mean, we're here already. We have to finish it out because we're not going to be able to record anytime soon. So, um, just you know, home against Inter Miami. Uh, what are you thinking, Christian, when it comes to uh, you know, what you see from the team? I believe Hector Herrera will be back, so I think we'll see more of a vintage Dynamo at home that we're used to this season. So let's just hit, man, your predictions and kind of what you're feeling with this game, Rodrigo or Christian, whoever wants to go first. Rodrigo, you go first, man. You know what? This game actually makes me nervous just because the bad run that Inter Miami has had, they've lost, what, five in a row now? Started the season with two wins and now five in a row. Um, You know, we haven't lost at home, knock on wood. And they've played obviously really well. But there's something about that, that, you know, when a team is on a row, losing streak, they're going to have to win at some point or get some points. And we're not there yet. You know, if maybe this would have been two, three more weeks in, we can at least see what kind of team we have. I mean, I feel like we're trending in the right way. Obviously, you know, gaining at least one point away, not losing just straight up loss away. Um, But yeah, it's kind of... One of those that you think we should win because of the bad run that Inter Miami has had. But at the same time, we're used to, as of the late latter years, as you say, we've been um, disappointed with the Dynamo's performance when you think they should win. Then all of a sudden, it's a yeah. loss. Yeah, and, but and I was going to say, uh, and Inter Miami had the bye week too, so there's that too. They didn't play this week, weekend, this past weekend, right. so... Right, which I don't know if that means a lot. You know, just fresher legs. I mean, our guys, most of them played. Again, only two substitutions. So, you know, most of them. And then I guess the bench players had to come back and be part of the Dynamo Dose game. Um, 
So that's kind of tough when you think about it, you know, travel, I guess, same day, be here Sunday, get some minutes. Uh, anyways, I just think we, we might win one zero and I would love that, but let's hope for a win. You can't right, let bro. this guy speed us. <laughs> You're not going to, and I was going to say Lasseter is going to score on us. Like, bro, they send that boy Lasseter to Montreal. They don't even want him in Miami, man. That's how bad it was. They said, yeah, yeah shout out to, shout out to Ari. Um, yeah, Christian, what are your thoughts on, on this coming into Inter Miami on the weekend? Uh, I'm going to go the opposite. I'm very high on this team. I'm going to go 3 0. We're going to fuck them up and we're going to put a, a great performance. And I think we're going to, we're going to see Corey Baird score. <laughs> no, but no, I think we're going to do really good, honestly. Uh, I don't like Miami. So hopefully we'll, we'll put three on them and we'll continue our form at home. Um, I'll make a. You don't uh, like Miami yet. Yeah, I was gonna say. Once Messi gets there, then you're gonna be like, I like it. Nah, bro, I can't. I mean, we're gonna be paying for him. You know, our taxes are gonna pay. I don't look good in pink. MLS tax. Imagine MLS. You're like MLS tax. MLS tax. Yeah. Messi fee. Bro, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they do something crazy like that. Every ticket sale is gonna be like the Messi fee. You know how you see like um handling fee or convenience yeah. fee are gonna be like the messy fee like when you buy a 15 dollars ticket and like handling fee like activation fee turns into like a 50 dollars ticket and you're like bro i'm over here like all the way up top like talking to jesus like and i paid like 60 dollars for the damn ticket and the ticket the ticket is gonna say but messy though <laughs> <laughs> oh, not playing man. yet but he'll play. <laughs> yeah, basically, dude. But uh, yeah, um, so if you're thinking three zero, I think we'll win. Uh, you know, obviously they're they're in not a good place into Miami. The break may help kind of reset everything. But I think the Dynamo, you know, getting that the uh, uh win and then a tie, um, you know, against New York Red Bulls that should help. And then getting back Hector Herrera, man, who was having a great time. It looks like he was out partying it up in Cancun. So. You know, I think he sees that, you know, those those uh, uh quote unquote bye weeks, you know, those vacation days are not that bad. You know, being in Houston, you get to travel pretty much anywhere. But uh but I think vacation, if, he got record. It was a vacation, bro. Yeah, it's a vacation. <laughs> you kinda need those every now and then. The guy's old, I mean, you know, he's an old Mexican player, dude. He can barely play. Like, dude, he, he's awful. Um but yeah, I think going <laughs> with Inter Miami, yeah, that's that all man. sarcasm. Just god dang, like so people, people need to get that. Um, but Inter Miami, I think uh, you have to, you have to win. You have to take advantage of like how good you've been playing the Dynamo. So I think uh, try to get a win, two zero possibly um, would be great. Maybe another bossy PK or see Corey Bear up on the boards or. You know, or again, maybe a Sebastian right. Ferreira comes in. You don't know, like, you know, if we see a game to game, Inter Miami has been struggling. Um, so the, I honestly haven't seen one Inter Miami game. I've, I've been trying to watch as many as I can. So I'll probably go back and, and just see a game or two, um, before, uh, the game on Saturday. But I was going to say, if you were going to win, this is when you got to continue that streak going because then, you know, you go to Tampa Bay next Wednesday and we'll get into all that. But then you go against LA Gal or sorry LAFC, who God dang, they just you know they can't they can't lose. So it's not going to be if if it was rough against Red Bulls, it's going to be even probably you know kick it pretty ugly in LA and um, yeah in LA. So anyways, 
Christian, man, go ahead and shut shut it down. Tell the people how they can connect with us, man. Yes, sir. If you're trying to reach uh, Rodrigo, you can find him at Rodrigo Segura Zero One. If you're trying to reach Rudy, you can find Rudy at Rudy Segura Three. If you're trying to fight with me on Twitter, you can find me at Chris Putalias. And then for everything and anything, always Bayou C- at Bayou City. Um, Bayou City Soccer, I was going to say .com. Bayou City Soccer on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then you can just go to the website for everything, BayouCitySoccer.net. Don't forget, merch store. Get your merch. And if you want beer, Senate Avenue Brewing Company right there by Jersey Village. Good stuff. Mayor Rodrigo, man. Go ahead and close it out, bro. He said nope. I thought it was some meat. Sorry. <laughs> I was looking at it like, wait. <laughs> All right. But anyway, Houston uh, fans, thank you for listening. And remember to always hold it down and keep it forever. forever.